Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia Daily, the abridged version of the Dave and Dia podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm here with Dave Deckert. We have a big, hot topic today. Uh, it's not even a topic. It's a thing. But you know what? I tell you, it's only been, <laughs> we, we quickly because these are short, but it's only been a couple days since we talked, but it feels like it's literally been 10 years. Like that's yeah. how much time has elapsed in Blazer minutes between the last time we talked and right now yep. Blazers have traded CJ McCollum, something that's been talked about for years and has finally happened. How are you doing? I mean, I want to start with that first is because CJ is very special to you and your family. Yeah. And even with the basketball part of it, you know, you acquiesce to that. I know that this is a big thing for you. So let's just start that. How are you? Yeah, you know, it was I, I had to break the news to my five year old who fell in love with the Blazers because of CJ. And it was it was it was emotional for him. And I'll be honest, I'm OK with it because I know these things happen and it's part of the business and whatever. And I'll miss watching CJ play as a Blazer. But I'm excited to see him on a team where I think he's really going to flourish. But it was hard watching it through the eyes of a five year old. He really struggled. And I had to step away and cry for a minute watching him be upset about it. Um, it, it's it's tough. So, you know, I learned this lesson as a kid with Clyde. He's learning it now with with CJ and and we're all going to be OK, Dave. We're going to be OK, but it's it's a little emotional. I mean, nine years, that's that's longer than most relationships I've had. So. Well, and honestly, CJ's thanks for soul bearing there. Thanks, thanks for saying that to the guy who has no relationship right now. But let's that's for the full podcast. We'll talk about that later. Uh, actually, you know, I, I'm happy for CJ. Because I think that New Orleans has needs. I mean, and scoring is one of them. But you know what? Someone to pair with Zion Williamson and put an arm around him and offer him some... I mean, CJ's not a coach in that way. But, you know, CJ's been around. And CJ has won. And CJ is a legitimate NBA star at this point. And so I think in those moments when Zion wobbles, CJ can kind of help put up a little bit of guardrail. 
And that'll be great. I'm excited to see the pairing of those two because Zion's way inside. CJ can mid-range. There's some really good things going on. And that they got Larry Nance Jr. I I know I'm not supposed to be happy for the other people in the trade, but I think that (laughs) there's some really good things to happen for New Orleans there, which is good for CJ. The Blazers didn't have the opportunity for a lot of good things to happen in these moves, I think. And for what they could do, they did okay. Yeah, I mean, we've watched CJ do what you just described for the Blazers. So we know he will do this well there. Um, I'm happy for them as well. And I think that this is a sign of maturity that uh, we can, you know, wish them well and and hope for the best for them. I do think that um, it's really hard to look at this trade both the trades that have happened, but specifically this one from a positive outlook as a Blazers fan, when you look at it as just, well, we traded ZJ and this is what we got, but we have to look at a bigger picture here because this is kind of like the midpoint. We had the beginning. There's going to be an end point. We're not there yet. And there's going to be more trades. We have something like nine guards on the roster I think right it's now. it's 11. So, I mean, it's, it's an obnoxious really? amount. Yeah. yeah. So there are more moves coming. This is not going to be the final roster. We're going to see more moves. And I I think that they're hopefully, I mean, they're going after um, Jeremy Grant, which is somebody I was uh, rumored to be going after him, which is somebody I was happy about. So, you know, I think I think there are moves that are coming. And I think the fact that they're giving themselves room to breathe is a big deal. That's a big thing. and, And we need that. So looking on the positive, there's that. It would be hilarious if they still dealt Nurkic. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to re-sign him and either play him or use him as a trade chip, which they can do now because of the money they saved. That's one advantage. But if they right. ever if they traded away Nurkic at the deadline for a short player, they'd have like literally they'd have a six six and under team. It would be absolutely hilarious. They'd be starting Sadoransky at center, and he's a combo guard, but he's like the tallest player left. It would be funny anyway they wave cody zeller too so it's like yeah everything everything changed here so let's let's recap quickly for those who might have missed the other pieces of analysis what did the blazers do here they they got some options back now the problem is are they good options probably not are they certain options or secure options not at all down to the draft pick that they don't know for sure that they're really getting from new orleans this year but some options of whatever quality is better than no options, which is what they had before. They were dead-ended into a huge salary cap burden, uh, into luxury tax, really, before this week. They were not going to make the playoffs. They were not going to resurrect and perform well next year. It, it was time to, to to do something else, and literally the only option they had to do something else was trade away their talent, and instead of parlaying it for more talent, which would have also brought more cost and not certainty of success they parlayed it for the opportunity perhaps to make imbalanced trades or to lure free agents and with somewhat more certainty to draft now knowing what they need going into the future draft for best position available all kinds of options opened up again they're c plus options most of them until we know how those picks turn out in the lottery but c plus is better than nothing incomplete so they're going with it yeah, you know, we've we've all been clamoring for moves. We've been begging for moves. We've been asking for them to do something. And at this point, Cronin is basically going in and undoing all the things that Neil did, um, which is the first step. So again, you know, I know that this is overwhelming, uh, especially with, you know, we lost three of our starters and a couple of really key bench players in, in all of this. And so it can be alarming and shocking and I get it. I feel it too. But I think I just would encourage everybody to hang on. It's not over yet. This is a process. It's, you know, that 
there's going to be more moves that are made. And the fact that Cronin was willing to make some big moves, some big scary moves, trading CJ McCollum, who the Blazers drafted, who is Neil's guy, who's been here for his entire nine year career. That was a massive move. And the fact that he had, you know, the, the guts to do that in the situation as it lies is, is I think a good sign, even though it's a hard pill to swallow. He's kind of playing the Steve Patterson, John Nash role after Bob Witsit uh, was ousted in that he's, he's becoming the hatchet guy. And if he remains the interim and they get someone else, that someone else, probably the first thing if, if they were to trade C.J. McCollum, second only to tra- trading Damian Lillard, and especially if C.J. didn't have enough value to draw talent back, you don't want that the, to be the first move a new GM makes. Or if a Cronin is going to be the GM, it's better to get this off the board right away and start new next year, by which time most people have forgotten because, let's face it, the Blazers were winning 35 max anyway. So it's not like they're going to do doing worse than 35 is actually better for them. So take all the silver linings uh, right now and then make the moves that matter later. Either way, it makes sense. It's just really hard when you had other visions of what was going to happen. But keep in mind, Blazers fans, that bringing back the talent would have also brought back the cap burden and the cost, which really does matter because it limits your further moves. And also keep in mind where this roster was left. It was left with just seven players of any value, seven, and you were using all of them. You can't use fewer than that, right? In your regular rotation. In fact, that's not enough. So any trade that you would have made for talent would have meant sending out a lot of talent to get back talent, which would have ended up being lateral and left you in the same spot. And this is like the Blazers, in essence, saying that's not going to work and we'll pay through the nose doing it. We'd rather free up options later and see what we can do. The big question, of course, is going to come with Damian Lillard next year. He's making all kinds of noises. His agent is making noises. Everybody's making noises that he wants to stay, but there's no incentive to say any different right now for anybody, including the Blazers and Dame. We're going to have to see how this works out out on you know on the actual chalkboard or on the court uh if they end up going super young and don't get an infusion of anybody but draft picks yeah this week's podcast is going to be fun dave we've got a lot more to talk about this Yep, absolutely. And that's Dave and Dia Daily. Uh, you are you are going to want to tune in in another day or two because uh, we will record after the trade deadline is done. And boy, is that going to be a jam-packed episode. For now, uh, for Dia Miller, I'm Dave Deckard. Uh, blessings on you in this new CJ-free future and uh, blessings to CJ McCollum. And here's hoping that his New Orleans journey is amazing. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop. But then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. The crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent.